0: Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? Aujourd'hui, I'm so excited today. I have Mel, Melanie. Um Melanie is a yoga instructor. Uh she loves essential oils. She knows a lot about essential oils. Um she loves improv. She she has done so many things, so I'm super excited to have her here. Um so, Melanie, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to speak to you today. Great. I'm,
0: I'm so excited to have you here. It's, it's awesome, and also, ex- well, it's exciting to have to interview <laughs> someone for the first time in yeah. my podcast, so Ooh. that's super exciting. Oh,
1: hey. All um,
0: right. So, Mel and I, we met in uh, teacher training. Mm-hmm. That's how we met. Um, So do you want to tell me a little bit more about yourself and um,
1: tell me me about you? Sure. Um, Well, I am originally from Kansas City and I moved to Chicago in 2008. And I started dabbling around in yoga around that time. All of my friends were doing yoga and I kind of resisted. I always thought of, you know, fitness and being in shape meant running and being very active and something where it was very rigorous and sweaty. And so I always kind of resisted yoga, but then I kind of got further into my career. I started traveling more. I started having more stress, more pressure, and I was needing something to ground me down. And I started coming to classes here at Moksha. And I started taking Darren, the owner's class, regularly and a lot of other great instructors um, regularly. And I just found, like, my respite from my busy life. I found a place where I could be myself and just a relief, um, someplace else to call home besides my actual home, and found a practice that I could take with me out on the road um, and into the world when I needed to be grounded again. So that's how I came to yoga. And I was like a lot of people. I said, I'm going to... I really want to do teacher training for years. And then I finally did. And with no intention of really becoming a teacher. And then I just was hooked. And of course, by the end of teacher training, I was like, could not wait to start teaching. And I started,
0: yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Did you start to practice yoga or did you run before practicing yoga or how? Um,
1: Well, I was an athlete growing up. I was a college athlete. I played soccer from age seven to age 20. And so that was what I knew. Like if you need to go out, relieve stress, like you go out for a run or you go like for a bike ride or something like that. So I didn't really come to do yoga until I was probably closer to 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's when I first took my first class. Like I was a total novice at age 30. So you can start whenever. <laughs> I felt welcome in every studio that I went to. I've gone to many different kinds of studios all over the country because I travel for work. And um, each and every one has its own flavor and personality, but moksha is kind of where my heart is because that's where my practice really deepened.
0: Now, did you, you mention um, soccer, right? Mm-hmm. You started playing soccer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I find I, that's super interesting. Yeah. Because I started <laughs> with dance. Yeah. And for me, it was about fitness. Mm hmm. And that's how I got into yoga. It was never about yoga, mm-hmm. it was more about. I want to sweat. Oh. So that's how I started to yeah. practice. Um yoga and not necessarily because of mm. something else. Right. So um do you do you still play soccer or not anymore? No,
1: you know, I played um for so many years, all the way up into college, and when I played my last college game, like I never turned back. That was it. I was like I'm done. Um it just it was over. It had run its course. I played for I don't know. Close to 14 years or something mm-hmm. and it was like a year-round situation so I was done
0: <sighs> now between college
1: and
0: between college so after college
1: I mm-hmm. had a couple
0: of years that you were not moving. Um, were I you was moving?
1: yeah I was mostly just running spin class um, yeah, running, walking, spin. I also worked um, in retail. So you're on your feet all day, walking around, helping clients, like walking around huge stores. I always worked in very big stores. So, you know, for me that kept me kind of moving and young and fun and um, it was very social. And, but yeah, mostly running is all I did. Cause for soccer, we would train and run like long, like half marathons or run long distance to keep up our um, stamina in the off season. Mm -hmm.
0: now what do you enjoy the most right now with yoga what's the enjoy
1: the most um you know right now I'm really having fun developing my home practice even more because I feel like once you start teaching yoga like you're in the studio you're there to teach you kind of want your own space to do your own thing I do a lot of participating in my classes but I go home and I really develop my my home practice and I'm trying to get more ashtanga practice into my home practice But mostly I like to move around. That's what's exciting to me is just seeing how I develop on my own and what I can bring into the classroom from my home practice. Um, Oh, that was a a, – I have a question concerning that. Yeah. Um, Do you teach what you practice
0: or do you teach what you – like more things that you don't
1: practice? Um, If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I think of it as, do I teach what I practice or do I teach what I learned to teach? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I teach, everything I do is inspired by the Ashtanga tradition for the most part. I do like to do like some soft flowing sequences because I feel like it just feels good for people to move in their body and not worry about alignment and, you know, where my hand is and this and that. But the rest of the class, I do like to focus on the alignment so that they can really feel the benefits of the pose. So um, when I'm at home, I am very much focused on my own alignment. Like I really take my time and move with my breath. And that's something I try to bring in my class too, is people rush through their exhales all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they miss this big, beautiful opportunity to like lift themselves up and ground themselves with this exhale. So I'm always really trying to, to hone in on that too.
0: Now, uh, you mentioned
1: alignment What's alignment for you? Alignment for me is a lot of what I've been taught. So I'm kind of learning as I go. I pick things up in different classes that I go to. Um, good or bad, I'm someone that jumps around and goes into different studios so I can experience different teachers. And, totally. I think that's, you know, that's very important. Yeah. I, I like to hear the different queuing, I like to be inspired by really awesome teachers. So um, if you're listening, thank you for letting me pop around in your classes. Um, but that's a lot of what I get from alignment because I think that it's developing as the practice grows in different bodies and different communities in the world. And so many different kinds of bodies are doing yoga now. And I think it's important to be open to what they can do. I teach also a corporate class with a lot of beginners, so they teach me so much about alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, people that do yoga once a week and have never developed a practice are a different kind of yogi, but still really beautiful practice. I mean, they've they progress still. It's just at a different pace. Now, um,
0: I love what you mentioned about <laughs> teaching beginners, and um, this is something that I've been thinking mm-hmm. uh, for the past couple of months. And yeah. you know how a lot of people are talking about movement and science which I find mm-hmm. fascinating yep um, and so that's why I ask you the question like what's alignment for you because mm-hmm. I, I believe that our bodies are very different from each other so it's mm-hmm. to find the right alignment or what's right you know what's yeah. right alignment but also to teach beginners I think there should be a foundation like mm-hmm. some sort of like you know this is not we're facing dog this mm-hmm. is how you do it at least like to have an idea right. of what that is. Mm -hmm. What do you find the most challenging when when teaching beginners?
1: Do they ever ask you, um, what style are you gonna teach? You know, I never get asked what style of class I'm going to teach. Um, And I don't know if that's because I teach here at Moksha and I teach just that one other class and they kind of know what I'm I'm about. Um, So I don't get asked that. I think what I see the most in students, the most challenged is Really, right now, wrists are a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and I think you can you can definitely help people in that. I think that's an alignment, or that's a thing that you can definitely help people correct, because I think weight-bearing in the wrist is you can teach people to, where they can distribute their weight and be safe. Mm-hmm. I think that's everyone. I think that's universal. I think what you can't correct in people um, in a classroom, necessarily, you have to break it down, I think, individually, is... Um, hips and knees um, also um, midsection you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that just don't have the strength in their core to step forward and a big bold step forward for say a warrior pose or something so that's something that you know you teach them to step back but at a certain point you want to push them to stepping forward so mm-hmm. they can develop that those hip muscles that they're just sitting on all day you know so I get really motivated and when I see them grow frustrated I I stop and explain. This is what's gonna help you, you know, this will help you in your everyday life. So I try to come out alignment if I'm really gonna dig into something to make them understand in a way that makes them understand how it will help them in their everyday life. So kind of like with simple words, things that do you use Sanskrit? Um, I do not use Sanskrit in any of my classes. Um, I do teach a level two class here, but I even find there, you know, people are hungry for yoga in this community, and it doesn't matter if it says level two. If they're a beginner, they're coming to class. If the Mm -hmm. time works for them, they're coming to the class. So I don't use Sanskrit. It's something I really want to do. It's definitely something I need to work on, Um, I think, just for my own practice, Um, but... I don't find that people ask for it or miss it. No one's asked me, like, why don't you teach in Sanskrit?
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, I ask you that question because um, someone asked me the other day, I was teaching um, at LPFC, and someone goes, like, I have done, this person said, I've done hot yoga before. Uh, what kind of style do you teach? Oh, And I was just like, that's a great question because I don't even know what kind of style <laughs> I'm teaching you. I just can tell you that I have, like, a lot of influences, like, mm. a lot of things inside my mm. body that, you know, like, people that I see as, you know, that, that right. they influence my practice. And so... I don't know. I cannot answer that question. Yeah. I mean,
1: I typically go to just straight vinyasa. Um, this will be a vinyasa-style class. Or I'll even remind people, like, we're linking breath with movement here. And that's the definition of vinyasa. Because mm-hmm. they see the class description, I'm thinking. And so I'll sometimes incorporate that into class. But otherwise, people just think as yoga as movement, I feel. Um, they know sun salutes and whatnot. But after that, you know, they don't really know as much. Mm-hmm. The typical student. Okay?
0: Yeah. Yes. So, um, Mel, can you tell me a little bit more about the improv? I know you mentioned that you've, yeah. Yeah, you've been, uh, you got certified for that, or how, how did that even work out? Um, well,
1: don't... improv at Second City, so Second City has a training program. It has five levels. You can complete the levels. It's open to anyone. Um, I started doing improv at Second City just to do something different. I needed to get out of my comfort zone. I needed a hobby. I was in a rut. Um, I was doing yoga and loving it, but I needed, I wanted something else really creative. My husband's really creative, and I just was, like, kind of keeping up with my husband a little bit because he's always expanding his musical practice, and um, he has all these outlets. So I took an eight-week course, and I was like, well, that was cool. I think I'll take another, and then I'll take another, and I just ended up finishing um, the whole course. And I ended up putting a little troupe together, Space Pony. We ended up performing for, I don't know, about six or eight months. Some good performances at Second City. And we just had a blast. I met two of my dearest friends now, actually eight of my greatest friends. I just love them all. We don't get to see each other enough anymore, but we chit-chat online. And mm-hmm. um, But uh, then I put together a workshop here at Moksha for my thesis that we did for teacher training that incorporated the improv. Um. and I'll tell you like when like when Nadia who was just in here is asking me or like how did you you know come so far in your teacher training like you've only been teaching for you know less than a year and I will tell everyone like I attribute so much of it to improv great yeah. because I can get up on and my mind can work and flip and if something crazy's happening in a class it, I don't skip a beat like it doesn't fluster me whatsoever. I attribute all of that to my improv training. And even the comfort level I have with maybe cracking a joke here or there in class. Or even being really serious and keeping my tone a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's all from my improv training.
0: I mean, I think it's... its I've never done improv, like theater improv. Mm-hmm. But yes, improv. Improv dance. Mm-hmm. Improvisation. yeah, And contact improvisation. Mm-hmm. And... It's fascinating how everything is so connected. Mm-hmm. And I think because um, because it's about movement, I don't know, you know, it's just that, that idea that the, just the fact that you can stand up in front of a lot of people mm-hmm. and present your work, that is just mm-hmm. what you do as a teacher, I guess, yeah, to try to stand up on the mat and teach other people absolutely what you know Mm -hmm.
1: and you know the principles of acting and improv and everything carry like they are in yoga and yoga is in the both of them like when we're talking improv we're learning about being in our body and breathing a certain way and moving your body a certain way to get into character and it's the same in yoga you're using your breath and your gaze and your facial feature and Um, where your arms are placed. So it's all very interrelated. And even in acting, acting one class at Second City, they'll even incorporate a little bit of meditation and a little bit of like, very little, but some yoga into it too, because that's what you're doing. You're warming up your instrument so that you can perform and use it to Mm -hmm. its fullest capability. So it's very cool.
0: I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you also, I know you also...
1: Yeah, so improv and yoga definitely go hand-in-hand hand for me. I use all my skills from Second City uh, to help in my yoga classes.
0: Now, so. I, I know that you're into um, essential oils, and mm-hmm. you've created a channel yeah. um, on Instagram. And, guys, if you're listening to this again, is because we had some technical issues, um, and you know that I want to be very raw and honest with what's going on. So just mm-hmm. so you know. Um, but I'm still breathing, so, so everything's <laughs> real fine. life
1: with Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true.
0: Yes. So you were mentioning about um, essential oils. Sure. Can you tell me more about that and how do you find essential
1: oils? When did that? Yeah. Come into play? Um. So, I've known about essential oils. I grabbed some essential oils, like most people do, from, you know, either online or at the drugstore, or um, I'm sorry, not the drugstore, like Whole Foods. And I really wanted something I could take on the road with me that I could actually have in the hotel room just to maybe drop in the shower or even I have like a traveling humidifier and like just to have just like a nice smell in the hotel room. I mean, I don't know. I, I travel for work a long time now, so anything to make it bearable, right? And what I found is I just kept like kind of having like a foggy feeling in my head or like a headache and I was like, this is not how it's supposed to go. And... um, ended up kind of looking around and um, noticed that a friend of mine was posting about using Young Living. And so I was like, you know, I'm gonna start using Young Living. I went through like some tough stuff like we all do in the first part of the year. And so at that point I was really looking for emotional support. Um, and I had read a lot about how essential oils can offer you like the emotional support that you need as opposed to like going to any kind of pharmaceutical. And I have not taken any kind of pharmaceutical drugs um, prescribed drugs since I was a teenager. Um, I don't do that. I rarely go to the doctor. I don't um, really practice that kind of health and wellness. So I started using these essential oils. My, you know, The other ones that I got from the store were giving us headaches and just didn't quite smell right. These just clicked right away and then I started getting into the community of Young Living and it has just a really beautiful positive community full of people that are just like You know do better feel better like this will help you you know be a part of our tribe it's very just like a feel-good community and it's also a lot of women kind of lifting each other up which is just so awesome Mm -hmm. Um, you know things can be very competitive in my world but I have great friends and great colleagues but this just has like a different flavor to it I guess because it's not attached to my job job. So I started just reading more about essential oils and all about how they can be used aromatically. You can ingest essential oils. You can use them topically. I use them for everything. Um, I use them, you know, if I'm feeling a little down, I use them for when I need, like that little extra courage to do a presentation or before a big plane trip. Um, I use um, them for aches and pains instead of like a leave. I don't take anything like that. I use all essential oils. I also use... um, ingestibles, you know, to keep you know my allergies at bay. I have some skin allergies and stuff I deal with. So it's just been like an awesome journey. Um, it's been a few months. I'm totally hooked. I'm a big proponent. I use uh, my Instagram account. You asked mm-hmm. me about it's called the underscore curious oiler, um, the curious oiler. And I'm just sharing everything that I'm learning along the way. I'm by no means an expert, but you don't need to be. You just jump in. You start using the oils. You start feeling the benefits straight away. And then if you're like me, like you can't stop talking about them Mm -hmm. to people and you just want everyone to start using them and to, you know, if they can set a drug or two aside and try something natural, um, you know, that, you know, doesn't have harmful effects on your body and especially like home cleaning products. They also, I use the oils to create like my own cleansing products in my house, you know, they're products from target and. Other stores are full of chemicals that you can't pronounce and you don't know the effects of them. It says, you know, don't touch them, wear gloves when you clean the bathroom that in the shower that you step in. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I love Young Living products for that reason. Like I know exactly what's going in my body on the surfaces in my house. If my pets lick something, I don't have to worry about them like dying, you know, it's completely natural. So
0: you also clean with essential oils? Yes, I do.
1: Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That is,
0: that, you know, that's a big, big thing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's all of the above. It's healthier, it's more economical, um, and you know exactly what you're putting in and on your body. This is a big deal for me um, because, you know, I want to be able to take care of myself, mm-hmm. you know, as I grow into my older years. So I don't want to have to be running to physicians every time I have an illness, like a little illness or ache and pain now. Lucky for me, like, I don't really get that sick. I haven't taken antibiotics in so many years that, you know, I have an immune system that's a little different than than someone that has taken antibiotics. Yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, what about the, the um, so everything is essential oils, cleaning essential oils. All my supplements,
1: um, vitamins, um, shampoo, all shampoos. You? Now, I haven't switched over all of my skincare. Well, actually, all my skincare I've switched over, but shampoos and stuff, you do it gradually. You know, you don't need to, like, throw a bunch of money at this. You just do it gradually, you know, replace one thing at a time as you run out, and, and it just makes good sense. A lot of the products do double, triple, quadruple duty. So, you know, one little bottle lasts forever. They're highly concentrated. So um, it's a really interesting world. Like, there's so much to it. Um, I actually started reading a book called Subtle Aromatherapy, too, just to learn more about the aromatic um, and therapy effects that you can use to help people even, you know, on a very subtle level. Um, In class here tonight, I used a little bit of essential oil and clothing. People love it. Oh, that was awesome. Yes, Um, that was awesome. So it's... um, you know what you put on your skin goes right into your body it takes less than 20 seconds for it to get into your bloodstream up into your brain so they're really powerful in that way and there's a long history of essential oils in the world you know frankincense in and myrrh jesus christ you know the egyptians use oils to wrap them and mummify people you know the resins you'll still find them in the skeleton in the coffins of the egyptians it's like a really long-standing practice. It's a little trendy right now, I'd say. Like, there's a lot of going on with mm. essential oils. Um, but I did my research. Young Living's been around for 20-plus years. I feel really comfortable. And I love that they have, like, a whole lots of products, you know, that I can get delivered to my house. I, I just
0: like the, uh, you know, what you mentioned about I'm learning as I'm showing mm-hmm. you guys, mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, – I i'm very grateful that you just mentioned that, mm. because even you know with whatever you do in life I think it that 's how that 's how it works yeah um, and at first it 's kind of scary i don 't know if that 's how you felt, but
1: yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh my God, you know, you worry, what are people going to think? They're going to think I'm freaking crazy. Like, what is this oil? Like, she's an oil crazy, snake oil selling lady, whatever. And you know what? I'm just loving so much what I'm learning and I could spam out my own personal page, but I was like, no, I want to dedicate like a whole space. That's for me too, to kind of chronicle my journey um, with the oils from like beginning to end. It's kind of cool too. Um, you know, we all try different things, I think, throughout our life to feel good. And I know this is going to stick with me forever. So I wanted to see it kind of flourish. And, um, you know, Young Leaven, you can be a member and not sell a bottle in your whole life. Or you can decide to sell and distribute, and that's awesome too. Um, Regardless, like most of us that are doing essential oils want to share with the world (laughs) what they're all about. Because they have that, it's enhanced my life that much that it would be a shame for me not to tell people about it. That's, yeah, that's, it would be just like... I'm keeping this like great secret to myself. I would, I couldn't do it. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So wow, that you know, you are a yogi. You are, uh, I, I think an actress, right? Like you do I mean, improv. You
1: know, I really like. I love improv, and I can't wait to go back to it. I really like. You know, I have only so much extra time, so I, I really set the comedy aside to really pursue yoga because I see that living with me forever and ever. Not that I don't think I could go out and do some stand-up again, and I, I still feel the urge to do that, so I know I will, but right now I'm focused on yoga, I'm focused on, um, I told you I do a Reiki work too, um, I volunteer. Can you talk a little bit
0: more about Reiki? Um, for those of you, maybe you don't know what Reiki is, and I think that's, you know, yeah. if you could just mention.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Reiki is an energy work, um, it's all about intention, um, you know, it's an old, old practice that's been around for um, many years. It developed over time um, from like an old Japanese doctor. Um, Essentially what it is, is it's not massage. A lot of people think that it's like a Reiki massage. It's mostly just um, hands hovering or it can be hands on. And it's just the idea that we're all made up of energy, that we're all energy bodies and that with intention and um, just some subtle practices, you can actually move energy within someone Um, and move their energies around to actually help heal relax relieve stress so um, where i use reiki the most right now is in my volunteer work at hospice so i deal with patients that are you know um, going into hospice care you know as a respite stay maybe just for time away so their family can maybe go travel and they just need a place to go where they'll be well taken care of and so they're still very much you know living and wanting to live with their disease but the Reiki can give them some relief from the stress of being ill. Um, you know, other people are you know actively dying and and just want that comfort of a person there with hands and healing and just um, it just gives them a sense of relief almost. Um, so it's not for everyone. Hospice work is not for everyone. It takes a great deal of time to decide and get through um, the training to do the hospice work, but. Um, it's extraordinarily rewarding and to be in the room with people um at this moment in their life is actually quite beautiful and I have a mission in my life like oh in addition to all the rest is to bring like death and dying out of the woodwork we hide so many of these tragedies and things that we go through we shove them away much like you know women's health issues and um different things that happen in our bodies that are so natural and we go and we take people and we bury them you know it's like I want to bring this idea of dying with dignity and grace out into the world um, and that death can be you know it's very sad it's sad to lose your loved one but you know to um, release them um, in a way that you know is beautiful as opposed to scary and and, and unknown and fearful So I think there's a real opportunity to do that. So um, as I get more into hospice, I'll be talking about that more with my friends and hopefully get people to, you know, either give up their time or keep their options open um, in their own life with their own family, talking about death and dying. Wow.
0: I want to acknowledge you for doing that. Um, I think that takes a lot of courage, but also, I don't know, I think doing something like that it's you have to be very strong because of all the energies that you feel from other Mm -hmm. people Um, I uh, used to volunteer at this uh, senior living house Mm -hmm. um, just to talk and just Mm -hmm. like dance with them and you know and it's all the it's sad but Mm -hmm. also happy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's like a bittersweet it's very Very. I don't know. I am the type of person that I get all the emotions from other people, so right. I'm trying to. Sometimes when I feel like something is just like too much, I'm know, like, okay, I, I had to. Now we talked out. about this. Yeah, and no, no. I, I
1: think even when you train in yoga and you spend a great deal of time practicing and being in your body, you you open yourself up and you're more vulnerable to the energies of the world around you, without a doubt. As you open and you dig deeper into yourself and you're opening up, you become um, more open to other people's emotions, more sensitive almost to other people's emotions than maybe you were before really getting and digging deep into your yoga practice. So I definitely understand that. Um, there have been a lot, you know, there's, you know, my people I work with, you know, I'm there one day and the next I go and and they're not there anymore. And, and some are harder than others for different reasons. Um, but there's a sense of gratitude for having gotten to meet this person, that they've allowed you into their life in this moment, and um, it, it's important also for the living. So it's important for people's family to know that in their last moments, if for some reason they couldn't be there, someone was with them, and you know the dying process is for all of us. Um, not just for that person. And sometimes it's about that person, you know, being able to say to their family, goodbye. Mm. Um, It's okay. Um, And for the family to stay the same. And so it can be very difficult to say goodbye, I think, for our whole lives. You know, heartache, goodbye. Leaving for college, goodbye. Moving away from your hometown, goodbye. So it has this connotation of sadness, but maybe we can keep working on that and not be so vulnerable to saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. Not being so attached to say goodbye. Not being so attached is a good way to put it, which is something we talk about in yoga all the time. So I'm equipped for the work. Um, I grew up in the funeral industry, so I have a little bit of a different outlook on (laughs) on the whole. Like I have an experience that maybe is a little different than other people where I was around this subject matter my whole life so I think that comes into play here quite a bit but I also think um, when you feel the call to do something you know you go do it and I felt the call to do hospice years ago before I really acted on it where before I felt not quite ready but for sure after I finished my yoga teacher training I was like I can most definitely be of service there so
0: we might have to do another podcast on
1: that, you know, you Absolutely. Not. It's just
0: I think that's a topic that it's um yeah. It's it's hard, you know. It I is. think something that really helped me was when I started to practice yoga to realize, "Hey, I'm I'm very conscious at this moment and I'm aware that mm-hmm. this is going to end eventually." And so not in a way that I'm going to do everything that I possibly can, but right. more so I'm going to be kind of like some sort of like awakened, like I'm, Yeah.
1: Ram Das, be here yes. now <laughs> you know yes. it's all of those things it's like the now is all that matters and so um, you definitely pick up on that in yoga and hospice and reiki and just being around people even improv
0: you have to yeah. be in the moment to be able to Absolutely.
1: and you have to recognize when the time has passed sometimes before you really want it to yes. get off that stage no. it's over <laughs> most definitely so
0: uh, Melanie that it's awesome all the things that you've that you've done and um you know again i mentioned this but i mentioned this before but um the yogi the improv the essential oils Mm -hmm. the reiki i mean it seems that you're very very in tune with your body and your Mm -hmm. mind um which I think that the body and the mind are the same thing, but <laughs> oh that's how God, I, that's how I podcast. feel about it, but podcast number three. <laughs> yes, so um, what's movement for you?
1: What is movement for me? Um, you know, for me, movement would be anything that you are doing, that you all of a sudden realize you haven't been thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, that doesn't count driving and being like, oh my God, how did I get this far driving? That's different. That's spacing off and being running away with your thoughts. But I think when you're walking down the street and, and you realize how beautiful something is, like all of a sudden you're just like, that's beautiful. Or what a beautiful day. That's movement to me. Um, okay. So what is movement to me? Okay. So movement to me is when any time you get out of your head and strictly into your body and then you all of a sudden notice your surroundings or beauty in the world or um, that you feel really good in your body all of a sudden, like, oh, I feel good today. To me, that's movement. So you could be walking down the street. You could be, um, you know, in a great conversation with someone and just be like, wow, this is awesome. To me, that's movement. Um, anything that, like, moves your heart, I think moves your mind and stimulates your body and makes you who you are, makes you alive. Um, it's when you're sedentary and spacing off and tuning out, watching TV, scrolling through your feed. That's not movement. That's not being alive. That's being, you know, um, chasing, chasing thoughts and things that, you know, aren't real. So. Wow. Well, um... And is there
0: another question that you would like for me to ask you (laughs) or something that you would like to share with other people? Um,
1: Hmm. Let's see. I think um, I would like to share with people to um, set aside any preconceived notion about movement whatsoever, whether it's yoga or whether it's going to see a healer or Reiki or... Um, you know, something outside your comfort zone that's not like traditional healing to you. And set us aside and go try it once. That would be my advice to everyone. I was brought up in a very, you know, Midwest town where none of this existed. None of what I do now existed in my mind. I had never experienced it. And I was lucky enough to get out of that environment and experience something different. And it's... I can't fathom my life any other way than to be open to anything. Um, Whether you hate it (laughs) upon first glance or first try or you fall in love with it, it's all good. It's all learning. It's all opening up. I think the worst thing we all can do is just do the same old thing. Mediocrity, complacency in our health, in our minds is, is the one thing that I hope for everyone is that people just try anything else besides what they're just doing right now can you expand a little bit more on that um I would say I mean I think it's just in as in totally relative to movements. you know if you've only done one kind of movement go try another Mm -hmm. um if you've never gone to yoga and you've always been like I'd like to try that just go do it um if you you know constantly read the same kind of book Get a different book. Oh, got it. Yeah, You know, anything like that to, you know, move your mind in a different direction to challenge your mind and your brain because, um, you know, there's just so much more than what's right in front of you that you've been doing day in, day out. There's so much more. Um, So I think it has a lot to do with fear. So I guess that's what I would want. That's what I would say. Look fear in the eye and turn the other direction and go for adventure, love expanding the brain. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. Did you move today? I did. Yes. Several times today. Great. Two very long meditations today and then my home practice. Which
0: was great, by the way.
1: Meditation was was great. Yeah, I'm very passionate about teaching meditation in my class. Um, It's something I learned here at Moksha, something that I work at every single day. Gosh, we didn't even talk about that. But meditation is probably one of my biggest passions. is getting people to be open to it. I think I think meditation can fix many, many things in our in our world. Another podcast. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, yes. All right,
0: Melanie, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for being present and for sharing your knowledge with everyone else ah,
1: thank you so awesome. much where can we find you on instagram or social media um or? mostly on instagram um the melt Hole and then the curious Euler. those are my two accounts do you have any facebook accounts or something not, i'm not so active on facebook
0: okay nope any how how can someone take a, a class with you do you offer privates for
1: reiki yes. um absolutely i actually do have a website it's called bodhi rising it's b-o-d-h-i rising Bodhirising.com has a lot of details on it and you can contact me through that or you can contact me through instagram um you can get a hold of anjaya if you want she can connect us but i do offer private sessions yoga reiki um if you want to have coffee and get to know me um i love connecting with people especially if you have something interesting that you think i could learn I love learning. Cool, awesome. Well, thank you very much
0: for being here. This was
1: awesome.
0: And um, hey, guys, thank you for listening. Um, so yes, I hope that you move today. If you haven't moved, we still you still have a couple of hours. Um, so yes, thank you.